Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist. By CPS Protect, you can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 60% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. Next announcement here, Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. States. That's Governor Hochul, 518-474-8390, hashtag keep Bradley safe. One last announcement, go to the site, please do your job.com. We need 2,500 more signatures. Please sign the uh, please do your job.com. I am bringing back Ray Seipold. I had him back on my podcast, April 28th, season four, episode 84 where we talked about his CPS case and participating in a mass federal tort suit with other parents in North Carolina. And we're doing some updates. And, um, you know, how is it? How is it with you, Ray? How are you doing? And, you know, what's been going on? Well, um, to my understanding, the the Judge Flanagan with the North Carolina court had dismissed our case. I'm, I'm not fully sure. I do know that they did basically validate what we were all saying was true, mm-hmm. but basically refused to rule. Mm-hmm. That's kind of different. <laughs> Don't really right. know how to accept that. Now, he was a magistrate, mm-hmm. right? Yes, she was. Well, no, she, she was an actual judge. And then the magistrate, I believe, was Robert T. Numbers. Mm-hmm. And and the magistrate just dismissed it just like that. Yes. Yes. Just dismissed it. Didn't want to hear it. Um, I don't think we failed to prosecute. I think what it was, they just didn't want to hear it. You know, did the magistrate admit to not looking at evidence? Do you know? Do you remember of? Well, I know. I know we submitted several exhibits for Kansas, you know, and, um, they looked at it, but I don't think they really considered anything of importance. That's a shame. I'm so sorry about that. We had been talking earlier and, um, you know, it's like everything just went quiet after you and Kelly were also on, I believe, talking about the case as well, these lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like you hit a dead road each time you try to file one, but you, you can't find an attorney to do one. No, no. I heard, yeah, no one wants to go into federal court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why Nobody. we have to, as pro sale litigants, 
and what I've been finding. And that's why I included you in the book, Raised by These Wolves, How Family and Federal Courts Are Failing Our Children is because that they're just not listening to pro se litigants and they're just dismissing cases one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you and I, we were also talking earlier about the St. Francis Ministries and them being a prime prime contractor with uh, DFS, if I'm saying DFS right, I think. <laughs> yeah. Department for Children and Families. Yeah, um, they hold about 50% of the contract, I believe, and there's three or four others. I'm not sure there may be more now because they've accepted new contracts now. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. e- even the uh, Senator Susan Concanon had recommended that the state of Kansas cut ties with St. Francis Ministries. Mm. And nothing's happened. And I know at one time she was head of the board for the committee with the legislature. So I don't understand how, if they make that recommendation, how they're just not gone. I don't understand that. No, no, I don't understand it either. Because uh. there, there's children running away in care. There's children being murdered in care. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't even get their children back, you know, and they go to court for two, sometimes even three years, you know? Right. And then you never see them again. No, no, you never see them again. If you even see them during that time. Right. It's- I know some people I speak to, they haven't seen their children for 20 some odd months and they still have active case plans. <laughs> I don't know how that occurs if they don't let you visit with your child. Yet it's an active case plan. That mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. No, I don't think anything they do. None of this makes any sense after all the work of putting together that, you know, you and Kelly and everyone put together these you know, this whole uh, federal tort, it just fizzled. Well, I'm not going to give up. I know that I'm going to pursue another case. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently, I'm in the works of seeking families in Kansas that want to pursue one. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm trying to get in touch with my state representatives. I sent him a copy of the book Mm -hmm. and his name is Ford Carr. Mm -hmm. And he also serves on the committee for the child welfare reform with the Kansas legislature. So I'm hoping that I can persuade him to maybe make some kind of bill for the siblings, at least. Mm -hmm. If they're not going to listen to the parents, maybe the children can have some rights during, before and after these corrupt agencies do what they do that may be enforced. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think these kids are going to grow up a little and I think they're going to come back. At least I hope they come back and seek accountability for what was done to them and their parents. Well, yeah, because, you know, I would, I would think the children would be mad if all they had to read was those lies that CPS put on paper in their file when they turn 18. I had somebody once tell me that's all they get to read about 
their case when it happens. Like when they age out of foster care, if they mm -hmm. manage to get their records. Oh, uh, so that I thought, so they, I thought they don't even get records. Maybe they don't, I always thought they didn't tell them anything. Well, from what I've been told, they get a copy of the termination paperwork about why you're such a bad parent, whether it's true or a lie, you know. I, I would hate to read that distorted piece of truth and only go off that. But apparently that's the way it goes. So uh, you're saying the parents get a copy and then the kid will get the copy when they're 18. Correct. Correct. The parents get it while they're going through the court proceedings, and then the child's supposed to be able to have access when they turn eighteen. This is this is just terrible to do to people. I just really, I'm I'm just so blown away by what these people are doing. And I I hope uh, your representative Ford Carr, you know, could do something about this. <laughs> I would hope so. I, I've tried to go down this road in the past and just mm -hmm. it, it's very hard being a private citizen and trying to get these people to open up and listen to you because I'm not involved in politics. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I could care less, to be honest, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I care what they're doing to our children. Right. You know? I don't believe that's right. And I know my phone never stops ringing. I'm always talking to parents. Oh, and I understand. I everything I'm doing and I listen to them. And, you know, I, I know how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. I, I do. And I try to talk to them and say, well, you need to try and do this and do that. Have you done this? Okay. Maybe they're not telling you this and you really need to be looking into this. Oh, definitely. Parents need to be guided because they don't know until until you go through it yourself. And then, I mean, because when I was indicated, luckily I had an attorney who said, okay, you've been indicated and we need to get your name cleared. But luckily we got that taken care of. But some people don't know to do that. No, because you can't find an attorney that's... I guess seems like they're not in cahoots with at least one other party that's against you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. And these GALs, no. they, they, they don't even fulfill their criteria even to a basic necessity. No, they're just third party parasites that uh, definitely help destroy families. I don't know how else to put it. No. It's about accurate. They are like a parasite. Yeah. They do have somebody to feed off of. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they just keep going. And, you know, as you know, and and I'm sure Kelly, not to speak for her, but what, I'm sure she would agree that family court needs to be abolished. I think we've oh, all really. said it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, but this is going to, these things that are happening to you and me and everyone is just going to continue until we we've all got to start speaking out about it and letting our state representatives know and legislature know what's going on, mm -hmm. especially to our children, which is this is our future generation. If we treat our young like this, what kind of people are we? Or they actually not you or me. I'm talking about these caseworkers. Right, right. Well, well, they're too busy worrying about those financial incentives, you know, 
every child they adopt, you know, they, the, I believe it's the manager or the supervisor gets a bonus. You know, I was wondering, cause someone had said on adoption, the bonus is 14,000. I could be wrong. I'm sure it's different in every state, right? It's so it's probably different in every state, but you know, as far as who collects the bonus, is it the agency or is it the caseworker? I don't know who collects this stuff, but I really don't know where this money's actually going. I, I don't know either because once they break it down, it goes here and there and, and then just all the numbers run together when you do find something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's child trafficking. When you're starting mm -hmm. to put money on people, all these state incentives, and the taxpayer doesn't really know all this. That's the sad part. Mm -mm. No, they don't. They don't have a clue what's going on because most people just assume you're guilty, even though you're really innocent. Right. And what's crazy is these aren't even criminal courts. You know, you're you're not even getting the right to a trial. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. No, it's it's really weird having, you know, being treated like you're guilty and you haven't done anything. It's the weirdest thing. You won't know what it's like until it happens to you. But I'm the type that I've always listened to two sides of the coin. There's always two sides of the coin. And, you know, someone had said to me, well, there's three, you know, there's your, your story, my story and the truth. It's like, yeah, well. You know, you have to really uh, listen to all. I say the two, the two sides, two sides to every story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to, you have to. And there is the truth. And if, if you can't spot the truth from two sides of the story, then we got problems. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That we do. That's why my work's never done. I'm trying to help people find the truth. Mm-hmm. It gets stressful some days because I, mm -hmm. you, you just really have to keep racking your brain trying to figure things out. It's like, well, what are these people thinking? You know, I'm not a mind reader or a fortune teller. No. Mm -mm. But I yeah. think this is make national headlines. I really do. <laughs> Eventually. I, some. I think with that case, um, take care of Maya. With that one breaking, what was that two weeks ago? I think they're going to think twice with these hospitals and these doctors that messed up along with the caseworker. And they've got to get rid of this immunity thing. Seriously, this is just going a bit too far with everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely need to end the qualified immunity because... Mm -hmm. I think that was probably put in place for a reason in case somebody messed up and truly didn't know, but mm -hmm. they cling to it every time and automatically they want to be free from persecution or perjury. Right. But it's, um, oh, it's over. I think it should be over. I mean, just, just stop playing the games and be accountable. Time to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. They need and, to stop using our children as a commodity. Right. You know? 
they're, they're making money while they're in there and then they sell them off to the highest bidder like sugar or coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not right. Yet, yeah. yet the government knows about it and still does nothing to stop them. That, that's the puzzling part. Exactly. And the parents that do get their kids back, these kids are not the same when they do get them back. Oh, no, no. It, it, it's been proven, like through psychological reports, you can read online that anybody's been in foster care. It, it's not good. It's not good. Um, a lot of them suffer from PTSD or some type of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, I know, I you know, you go into a restaurant and they give you those paper placemats, right? And on one of the paper placemats was uh, getting someone to sign up for to be a foster parent. So I asked who the manager was and I called him, he came over to my table. I said, do you know what this is? This this ad for foster parents, do you, do you know what that is? And he didn't, he said, no, what? I said, you know, this is human trafficking, right? I said, by <laughs> you having this on your placemat, you're aiding and abetting human trafficking. Do you know that? And he just kind of just slithered away. I didn't go back in there, but but seriously, they need people need to know what they're advertising to for the this uh, these agencies. Right, right, they do because a lot of people don't know what they're getting into, and then the people that do foster. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're all bad people. There's probably some good ones out there, but I think they're few and far in between. You're absolutely right. And I know, you know, they, some people, some of these foster parents are needed, but some of them aren't, and some of them aren't vetted very well. Right, right. And, and, and with the foster parents, a lot of times, like St. Francis Ministries, I know in my case, I don't know about other people, but um, they never did no home study on the placement of my children anywhere they were at. So I don't know if these people passed background checks, if they were doing illegal things in the home. You know, I, I have no clue. Uh, the more I flipped through my paperwork, I was kind of concerned. I noticed that there was documentation that my daughter was medicated at nine months old and my son was medicated at four years old, almost immediately after entering care because they're so traumatized for being ripped away from you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is just, okay. So in your state of Kansas, there are no child abuse clearances for say teachers even, or foster parents, anything like that. There's no nationwide, like, like to be a, foster parent you would need what state police background check fingerprints or child clearances they don't do that in your state well i i would think that you do but i i would say that if somebody commits a crime in between there they probably just overlook it hmm. or they don't they don't follow up like they should mm-hmm 
Okay, because like in Pennsylvania, we have to have child abuse clearances in order to be in a job where you work with kids, you know, like doctor, nurse, teacher, um, coaches, whatever. You have to have your state, pol state police background check, your fingerprints, and your child abuse clearances. And that's because of the Penn State Sandusky scandal, Commonwealth versus Sandusky. I don't know, you may not have heard about that. That was that took place like, oh, geez, so, such a long time ago, probably. I'm thinking when that came out was, mm, someone's going to correct me on this podcast. I know I want to say in the 2000s, right? Um, I do remember this happening. And since then, Pennsylvania is has stringent, you have to have child abuse clearances. But from what I'm learning, other states don't. So I'm, hmm. I wonder, maybe Kansas just doesn't. Maybe they just do a lackadaisical police check and that's it. And if a, if a crime did happen, either with or without a child involved, maybe they just still let people be foster parents. Maybe this needs to be looked into having child abuse clearances on everybody that comes in contact with kids. Yeah, because I know some of the people I talk to, once they find out the background checks of the foster parents, that they find out that their children are around. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, nobody really ever knows. They usually get a first name, nothing after that. Not even an address where they're at. There's no hello, goodbye phone calls. There, there's zero communication until you get a visit. Uh, that, that's how it is here. I, I don't know about other places, but I've heard of some people saying that, why is my children with a convicted felon that just got out of prison? Or why, why do they have multiple domestic violences and ag assaults and they're a foster parent? Oh, that's St. Jesus Ministries for you. They'll take anybody on, apparently. Apparently. So apparently, Kansas does not do child abuse clearances. Like, really stringent ones. Mm -hmm. You know, see, because when Commonwealth versus Sandusky came out and that whole big rigmarole, I thought, oh, that's going to go nationwide. They're going to expect everybody who comes in contact with kids to have child abuse clearances. And apparently not. And it just must be in the good old state of Pennsylvania. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Unbelievable. I'm so glad we had this podcast. Um, any any other more updates you want to share? Uh, well, I'm hoping that there will be more protests at St. Francis Ministries. <laughs> Oh, we were talking earlier. You had brought up that they were they hired security, some security guards at taxpayer expense. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I believe it was 2019 when my case was going on. There were no security guards. Now we fast forward to 2023. They all of a sudden have security guards. Um, I went to a protest with a few other people that was um, scheduled by the Cedric County Civil Rights Action League, I believe is their name. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can locate them on Facebook. And um, 
there were supposed to be 70 some odd people that would show up. But um, I think only about eight, maybe 10 of us showed up. I mean, we were glad to be there. Mm-hmm. None of us left. You know, we held our signs and we stood our ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had the security guard come out and tell us uh, that we were on private property, but they had no signs up, no no trespassing signs, no nothing. Well, that's probably because the taxpayer owns it, not them. Right, right, right. <laughs> they kind of got <laughs> kind of confused. <laughs> so, so I, I voiced to them. Um, so, you want to violate our First Amendment right? You want to violate our constitutional rights to freedom of speech? And they they didn't want to do that. Well, you, I know it's very difficult to get people to show up at you know these rallies. Because I know people work or they're taking care of a loved one or it's very hard to get people to show up. I completely understand, but people should try to at least make an effort, especially when it comes to our children. They, our- they really should, because if people continue to do things like this, they, these people aren't going to be able to get away with it. Right. They're not going to be able to because they'll be exposed every time something occurs and they'll have a safety structure net of people they can count on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, they don't need to hire security guards and waste taxpayers money uh, mm-hmm. when there's only eight people standing there with signs. Right. Right. I, <laughs> I would wish to be 800 someday. Oh, there's yeah yeah but yeah every person counts though every voice counts it does it does you you know if people would just even you know flood these offices with letters and affidavits Mm -hmm. anything uh any help to just help these kids that are being wrongfully taken from their parents who've done nothing wrong. And I know there are parents that do really horrible things wrong. And, you know, I just read somewhere where they just arrested two foster parents for murdering two little kids. Mm. I wonder about the details of that case. You know, I think as I caught that on TikTok, I'm, and I was trying to catch what date that that had come out on. Oh, it was just just so sad. Uh, but you know, we ha- we have to keep lifting each other up and keep speaking out in order to get this mess corrected. The more that speak out, name names, mm-hmm. and tell the stories is how we're going to get this corrected. And hopefully, the hopefully someone will be listening that will want to correct it that knows how. I can only try to get the word out and you can try to get the word out. And that's what we're doing. That's all we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, Ray, how can people reach you if they have any questions? You can reach me at Kansas fact advocates at gmail.com. Okay. Well, uh, don't jump off because I'm going to have you back on again. 
Uh, Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth, and Raised by These Wolves, How Family and Federal Courts Are Failing Our Children. You can find me on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Anchor FM, and iHeart Radio. <laughs> so join me again with Ray and other exciting guests. Thank you so much, Ray Seipolt, for coming back on. 